0: We're going to follow Jesus today. We're going to find the will of Jesus, follow the will of Jesus, experience the will of the Lord Jesus, and be thrilled with the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Psalm. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Around here you know that we emphasize the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We want people to be filled with the Spirit speak with tongues and have power, but I think we need to go through some scriptures so you have more faith in it. So you have more faith to receive from God. Know why it's so important to God. You know, we just had Christmas, so everybody's familiar with gift giving and receiving. Well, the Holy Spirit was the great, great gift from heaven. It was the gift. The promise of the Holy Spirit was the gift that the Lord Jesus said he was going to give you. And if the Lord Jesus said he was going to give me a gift, I better get it. And then I better open it. And I better not just tuck it back under the tree or just tuck it in the closet saying, yep, he gave me a gift. I don't know where I put it, but it's somewhere. No, no, the gift of the Holy Spirit was the great gift that God promised for thousands of years. And as you know, on the day of Pentecost, the gift came. Jesus died so that the gift could come. And so we're going to study that because it's life-changing. And we don't want you to just neglect this great gift or get bored with the gift. How many of your children are already bored with the best gift they got last week? Yeah. Children are already bored. It's already collecting dust somewhere. It's like, oh, yeah, that was so. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where's the next gift? Come on, preach it. <laughs> I had a pastor friend. He said that uh, he, he got a little frustrated at Christmas time. Because they had so many gifts from all the grandparents and his, him and his wife. They had given all their kids all these gifts. And, and the kids were opening the gifts and opening the gifts and, and just opening the gifts and put it down to the next one. Where's the next one? Oh, open the gifts and weren't even getting excited about the gift. They were just wanting to open all the gifts. Couldn't wait to get to the next gift for getting the value of the... F- He's like, that's it. He told the grandparents no more. The kids have too many gifts. Next year... They get one gift from each. That's it. I feel that sometimes Christians forget the value of the Holy Ghost. They forget the value of this great gift that Jesus gave that really solves all your problems. Erases all of your need for the world. Just solves everything for your life. But we forget it. We don't understand it. We don't realize it. We neglect it. We don't ride the bike. You gotta ride the bike for have to have any fun in life. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. It sounds like y'all ate too much. <laughs> John chapter 4. This is when Jesus met the woman at the well. <clears throat> Verse 7: a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no, no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then she's in the natural. She doesn't understand the spiritual connotation here. So he, the woman says, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where are you going to get that living water? Jesus Christ and his salvation. It'll be in us a well or a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So here's the analogy of you getting saved. It's the analogy of once you receive Jesus, you'll never have to thirst again. If you have never received Jesus, this is for you. You need to know Jesus Christ. Once you meet him, once you receive him, something will happen on the inside and there will be this well of water that springs up and gives you a a, a flutter or an unction of everlasting life. I am saved and I am so happy about it. Go to John chapter seven. Verse 38, uh, verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So now he changes it from a well or a fountain into rivers. As the scripture said, out of his heart, out of his belly, the King James says, out of his belly, out of the inside of you, will flow rivers of living water. So when you receive Jesus, you get the water of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll never thirst again. But then you can also, out of your heart, have rivers flowing out of your heart. That's a little bit strange metaphor, but nonetheless, I want some rivers flowing out of my heart. Those who have understood this begin to sing the song. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the river draw and the high to see. open prison doors, set the captives free. I got a river of life flowing out of me, spring up, oh well. (laughs) Now he's talking, here he's talking about the spirit. Here he's talking about the spirit. The spirit throughout scripture is noted as water or river or flood, or tide rising. You'll see that several times. But this talking about the Holy Spirit. Not talking about eternal life here. It's not talking about eternal life here. How do we know? Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, who those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the Holy Spirit is the river that needs to flow out of you. Once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he'll flow out of you. And if you go back to Ezekiel, you'll say that wherever the river flowed, everything was healed. All the creatures were healed wherever the river flowed. And that's also a prediction for the future in heaven. The, tree, the, the river of life, wherever the waters go, everything is healed. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's healing in that river. And then verse 40 through 43 Uh, Many from the crowd, when they heard this, they said, truly this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. Some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David, from the town of Bethlehem? They got all argumentative. They got all conflicting. Verse 43, so there was a division among the people because of him. Listen, Jesus always creates conflict between those who want him and those who don't really want him. The Holy Spirit creates conflict between those that want Him, those that understand Him, those that don't want Him, don't understand Him. Listen, you don't have to know anything about the Holy Ghost to want Him. So if you're all conflicted about, I don't know about this baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't know about this tongues, I don't know about all that, Uh, 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 turn that off, tune that down. It's proof and evidence you're not really interested If he's talking about Holy Spirit stuff, you should say, ah, I don't know what that is, but I better go get some, because it's from the Lord Jesus Christ. If he's got some water for me to drink, I don't know what it is, but I better drink it. If there's some river supposed to flow out of me, I don't know about this stuff, but man, I better go after it. I don't know if I really want to go hang out with those crazy loud people at church, but man, I better. I better pull up my pants and do it anyway. Why? Because, man, Jesus said something about the Holy Spirit. I don't know anything much about the Holy Spirit. I better go see what this is about because Jesus knows everything. He also knows that presenting things foolish, it will confound the intellectually wise, self-absorbed, and opinionated people. And they will, they will resist. He knows they will resist that's why he does it. The reason that spiritual things are a little bit hard to grasp on the flesh is because God knows that separates those who are hungry from God, hungry for God from those who don't, those who aren't. It's just the facts. All of you here who are filled with the Holy Spirit, you were startled at first and you said, but let's go see. What's happening? Holy rolling. Those people running, shouting church. Oh, no. God, God, please don't make me go to a church like that. Fine, you don't have to go to a church like that, but get filled with the Holy Spirit. Make sure you get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with tongues. You don't have to go to any church that's Pentecostal or charismatic or or a little bit wild with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go to any church like that. But make sure you get filled with the Holy Spirit at home, speaking tongues at home. And then you'll want to come to one of these. Once the, once the scales fall off of your eyes, once, you, once the scales fall off, you see clearly, and the hunger comes and the thirst is gone. Woo, I got thrilled with God. Once you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll get thrilled with God. Really, you will. That's the, that's the, 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 the description of us is that We're excited about the Lord. That's really the difference between any Christians is that some are excited about the Lord, some not so much. Some are more excited about the world and some are excited about God. And it makes them tweet like that. Go to Mark chapter one, Mark chapter one. And it's all scriptural. Listen, I want to take you through some scripture so you feel comfortable, so that you understand what you believe and why you believe it. Uh, Maybe even to the point that you can help the next person understand and help them over their hurdles. Mark chapter one, verse eight. Now this is where we got to go all the way back to Jesus. Mark chapter one, verse eight. uh, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is John the Baptist, the creator of the entire Baptist denomination. No, no, he didn't do that. John the Baptist was the forerunner for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, So the Baptist shouldn't have any problem believing this. I baptize you with water. Yes, you need to get baptized in water. We're doing it Sunday, next Sunday. But he, Jesus, will baptize you with something else. It's not water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And, and some people think, well, maybe, maybe I already was. No, you'd know it. Well, I think I might have been. I don't know. Maybe I was. They said when I, when I received Jesus I, that I got filled with the Holy I got baptized. No. You would know when you got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we'll show you, we'll show you how you would know. Mark chapter 10. Verse 35, James and John, the sons of Zebedee came to him saying, teacher, we want uh, you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left hand in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. You ever felt like that before? Here you are asking all these things. You're not, you don't even know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? That's a strange question. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, wait a second, you want to be that close to me? Uh, Are you able to drink the cup that I'm drinking? The cup of self-sacrifice, we could say the cup of suffering, the cup of giving up my own will, that the Lord's will can be done, emptying myself. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me. It's the cup of doing God's will when it's not comfortable. Are you willing to give up your will? They're wanting to be close to Him, sit with Him, have some authority and power. He says, okay, but are you willing to, to give up your own life? And are you willing to be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? What's He talking about? He's not talking about water, because the disciples already been baptized in water. He's talking about something extra. It's talking about something that Jesus was baptized with that at this moment, nobody else was. At this point in his ministry, nobody else was baptized with the Holy Spirit except him. Because when he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and he was filled with the Spirit, began to work miracles. So he said, are you able to take on this holiness? Are you able to receive this holy power from heaven? Are you able to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? They said to him, we are able. (laughs) Yeah, we can do it. It always sounds good in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and he changes your life. And he leads you into the place where you might get persecuted and you might have to give up your self-will. He's going to ask you to do some stuff that's not all that pleasing to your flesh. You think, you think skipping a day of food is unpleasant. Wait till he asks you to do something with the rest of your life. So Jesus said to them, verse 39, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink and with the baptism I'm baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it's for those who, for whom it's prepared. So Jesus was then foretelling, you are gonna be filled with the spirit like me. You're gonna be baptized with my baptism uh, and you'll also have to suffer some. The cup of sufferings is not gonna pass from you. If you're a Christian, you'll have to suffer some. Uh, giving up your self-will, taking some persecution, being a real Christian in the midst of a dark and perverse world. Yeah, you'll have to, you'll have to follow me in that too, but you'll get the power like I have. Right. Hallelujah. Now, any Bible reader should say, wow, okay, well, whatever this baptism of the Holy Spirit is, I don't want to discount it. I don't want to make up my own doctrine about it. Let's go read it. Let's go find it in the scriptures. Yes. Amen. Mark chapter 16. <clears throat> Since we're close, we'll, we'll, we'll catch this as we move. Jesus about to go to heaven, and he said to them, verse 15, Mark 16, 15, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Notice the very first signs. The very first signs, evidences of believers. This is Jesus Christ talking. The very first sign of believers in him. What's the first sign? Anybody who believes in Jesus and follows him, he's not saying only do that little thing. No, you got to follow him, be filled with the spirit, get some power, understand your authority. Those who believe will cast out demons. Did you know you're supposed to cast out demons? Did you know that there are demons? First sign of a true believer. In my name, they will go to church. You should. In my name, they will pray and worship more than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, you should. In my name, they will cast out demons. There's demons that need casting out. First out of your own brain. Once you get born again, make sure the demons get off your own shoulder. Right. If you're bound by something, you get them off you. You spend an extra two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours, get the demons off of you so you can think clearly and live right. right. And if you need some help, come get some help from somebody. Say, let's stick it out until all the demons are off me. That's right. That's good. That's and then you need to be able to help people. You'll start helping people. If you're a believer, you'll start helping people get freed from demons. Psychiatry and psychology in the medical profession has got all sorts of names uh, for demons. They don't know it's demons. They got it all figured out in a human, you know, a human intellectual uh, manner. But really, it's just demons. And you, you can help people. If they come for help, you can help them. So sometimes you got to convince them that there's help at church. There's... There's help from a Christian. There's help from a preacher. There's help from Jesus. For your condition, there's help from Jesus, but you must ask. That's how you help people. That's the first step in getting people freed from demons. But it is a sign that for anybody who follows, you're supposed to be casting out demons. Now, I read this scripture before I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I knew you're supposed to have power before you start trying to cast demons out. Or you'll end up like some of the Catholic priests chasing their tail with crosses and water. And then the demon jumps on them and, and, and harms them. Or the seven sons of Sceva. It's like, we're going to try this. No, you need the power of God. You need the name of Jesus. You need to be real. Uh, and then you can do it. But the second sign is you'll speak with tongues. In my name, they'll cast out demons and they'll speak with tongues. Now, how many of you have a Bible where that's blotted out? (laughs) Some entire denominations have just blotted that out and said, well, that disappeared with the apostles. Well, show me that scripture. Show me two or three scriptures that says that's that's disappeared. Didn't disappear. Verse 18, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. These are some definites here that if you get bit by a snake, you can shake it off and not feel any harm as long as you're not afraid. Don't be afraid. Man. This is supposed to replace your fear. Amen. If you actually drink, if you drink something deadly or uh, ingest something poisonous, uh, it just means you have authority over poison. Can, can you just realize he's just saying you got authority over poison. Don't play with it. You got goofy churches playing with snakes and drinking poison. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't mean play with it. It just means you're protected from it if it ever occurs accidentally. No, none of us would want to tempt God with anything. You don't do it that way. That's not the purpose of it. The purpose is to dominate this earth when you need it. Hallelujah. All right, so I just wanted you to see that tongues is, is supposed to be part of every believer's life. Speaking in tongues, speaking in other language by the Spirit is supposed to be part of every believer's life. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of exciting if you're thrilled with God. If you're open to God and thrilled with God and just take what he says at face value, say, okay, give me some. Well, I don't know what a demon looks like, but I'm going to get one out of somebody somehow someday. I'm certainly not gonna be afraid of it. He acts like you're not supposed to be afraid of it. You're just supposed to jump in and do it. So whatever this tongues business is, just give me some. The problem is you got your reputation on the line. The problem is the way you see yourself in the mirror is calm, cool, and collected. And you're a little bit concerned that you might quiver or something, or fall to the ground, or I don't know if that's gonna be real. I can't, you can't trust yourself. That's the whole problem with you. Anybody that doesn't like this stuff, they just don't trust themselves. Somehow I'm trying to just convince you to trust Jesus. He said it. It's actually written in here and it's in red in the Bible. Yes. That, that means it's definite. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. You know how I spoke. The, the letters in red are the wor- were supposed to be the words Jesus said while he was walking the earth. So they got it all right that these words were what he said. But really all the words in the New Testament should be red. Amen. They should be the color red and they should be red. Because all these words are from the heart of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'll quote you this from Romans 15, that, that, that the God of hope may fill you all with joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only lets you cast out demons and heal the sick, and be protected from, from stuff. And speak with tongues. The Holy Spirit also lets you have hope. He brings hope with joy. And so none of this is to make anybody feel bad. Listen, if you haven't spoken in tongues, no problem. We'll help you. Uh, don't be concerned. Just desire. Some people have tried to receive this power. Just, oh, I don't know what to do. I just feel so bad about it. I don't know why God hasn't given this. Uh, don't give up. Don't, don't be concerned. Just relax not to make people feel bad. It's to try to present the fact of what an exciting life it is with the Holy Spirit. Amen. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit gives us a joy that's unexplainable. Amen. I rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Amen. There's something about the Holy Spirit that just makes life better. Amen. So what's the deal? Well, the deal is there's all these excited people about God. You get filled with the Holy Spirit and it's hard to explain, but man, I'm, ex- I'm more excited about God than ever before. And I want you to be, because if you're not excited, uh, then you're not going to be able to enjoy this whole life. That was our word in the beginning of 2023, was enjoy. Christians are supposed to enjoy this walk with God. But most people are so tuned into trying to enjoy their present circumstance at home or at work, they miss the whole glory of God. Only with the Holy Spirit can you enjoy anything. The world finds enjoyment with substances that help them forget life. The Holy Spirit for us replaces all that. We're just thrilled with God. We're just happy with Jesus. Out of my belly is flowing rivers of tongues, rivers of life. Uh, So you have a choice. Remember, it talks about Moses that he chose the sufferings or sacrifice of walking with God more than the pleasures of sin for a season. He chose to walk with the people of God rather than the passing pleasures of sin. We know that we know that once you see demons come out, you'll be filled with joy. Jesus told the, the seventy to go out and cast demons out and heal the sick. They came back all full of joy. Even the devils are subject unto us. Jesus had to calm them down. He had to calm them. They were so thrilled that demons came out. He had to calm them to calm, to calm down, calm down. He said, don't rejoice about that. Just, just that your names are in heaven. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Demons will obey what you say. And it is kind of fun. When you start realizing demons will come out and you can free people from bondage, it's kind of exciting, have to admit. Isn't that right? How many of you cast out demons? Kind of exciting, right? Kind of exciting to see that happen, right? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you baptize in the Holy Spirit, you'll find the love of God and the compassion of God is, is heightened, is higher, heightened in you. Anybody ever wondered how come you don't have quite the love and compassion for people like you should? Anybody who ever watches Fox News ever wondered why you don't have enough love and compassion? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anybody ever thought to yourself, I don't know that I have enough love and compassion like I'm supposed to. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then if you are already are filled, you need to pray in tongues and build up that love and stir up that love again. You got to get the fire flowing and burning in there if you're really going to experience it. But if you'll get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll have some love and compassion like never before. My first few months with the Lord, I wasn't yet filled with the Spirit, and, uh, but I was hungry for God, and I was reading, and I was learning, and I was seeking God. And, and man, I was trying to get filled with the Holy Spirit and get some power. And in that process, I remember praying, God, I need some, I need some extra, I need some love. I got faith, and I got hope, but I think I'm a little low on the love department. I need some more love for people, you know. because when you don't have love for people, you'll scoff at every sinner. Oh, I can't believe they're doing that. But when you got the love of God in you, it's like, oh, poor fellow, let me go talk to him. If, you, if you're not baptizing the Holy Spirit, you'll look at your spouse, and you'll think, ah. Oh. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll think, oh, maybe I could do something nice today, make their day better. I'm being real careful not to look down. (laughs) And I remember asking the Lord for some more love, And, and then... It wasn't a few months later, all of a sudden I had this compassion for people I didn't have before. I'm like, what happened? Dawned on me, I got filled with the Spirit. In between, I had gotten filled with the Spirit. You'll see some extra love and compassion come when you get closer to the Holy Spirit. Get, filled with, get baptized with the Holy Spirit, He'll consume you, and then ban- He'll burn up all that disregard for humans. If your favorite thing to save in this earth is animals, You need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I know some people have their, you know, that's their cause in life to save, you know, animals in some way. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost, it'll shift to people. I find a way to pick on everybody, almost every service. But it's challenging. You need to be challenged away from carnal, natural, heathen-style thinking. The way I see it, unless it's your job where you're earning income, let the heathens take care of taking care of the animals. Because they can do, anybody can do that. They can't do what you can do. The heathen doesn't, they can't have great compassion for humans. They can't win a soul. They can't preach the gospel. They can't, they can do some things to change a country in one way. Uh, only we can change the country with the love of God and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have too much to do to just do heathen style humanistic help projects. Uh, if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, the, the gift of God in you will come up. You'll find the will of God for your life. You'll find some purpose in your life. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll start seeing how God can use you in the kingdom. You get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll actually begin to hear the voice of God. You'll you'll be able to be led by his spirit much easier when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, You'll be able to heal the sick. You'll get to see some miracles happen. You'll start winning souls. You get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll start winning souls. You'll start at least wanting to. Now around here, it's very important to us that we get everybody filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we have to explain or say or preach. Now you can do these things. You can pray in tongues. You can have some love and compassion. You can understand your Bible better when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues. And you can actually win souls. Every one of you can actually lead someone else to Jesus. Every one of you in here can actually lead someone to Jesus, and that's why we talk about it every service, to remind you that you can. The ones that raise their hand and say, I led somebody to Christ, they're not the exception here. They're not just the select few that God chooses to use in that way. They're, They're just the ones that actually went and did it. They're the ones that opened their mouth trying to help somebody understand Jesus Christ. You can all do it. If you just let the Holy Spirit lead you and move you, you can actually do it. Just open your mouth in front of somebody. Open your mouth in front of somebody to talk about Jesus and watch what he can do with you. Don't be afraid. The fear will disappear once you start talking. The fear is on a scale that's all the way up to 100 before you start talking. But as soon as you start talking, it goes down to about a 10. The fear is just a lie from the devil. The reality is the power of the Holy Spirit will do the work if you'll open your mouth. Amen. <laughs> That's good. Wow. Amen. Praise the Lord. We want, we want people to be participators, not just spectators. The Holy Spirit baptism causes you to be a, a participator, Amen. even in prayer meetings, right. in church, serving in lots of different capacities, and every day of the week out at work. Participators, not spectators. Hallelujah! People say, "Well, I don't know. You know, I just you, you you expect God to use all these sinners. You expect God to use us. You know, look at all these imperfect people." That's all He's got. <laughs> people say, you, "You need to preach on sin. Preach on sin more. You got to preach on sin more." Okay, t- tell me your sin, and I'll do a series on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not on my sin, but on the sins of the country. I do preach on sin. I'm trying to help every one of us saints develop and be discipled and come out of dark places and be delivered. I'm here to preach to the saints. I'm not here to go after the country sins. And if you'll, if you'll notice, when churches start going after country sins, it always falls flat and it doesn't last very long. Talking about abortion and child trafficking. That's not, that's not the message in the pulpit. That's not the message in the pulpit because it's not a problem in here. If it's a problem in here, we need to talk about it. But you already know those are sins. I don't need to, you know, gang violence. I don't need to be talking about gang violence in here. I need to be convincing you to go after sinners so you can get them saved and stop getting in gangs. The gang people need a replacement and only Jesus can replace it all. So in church, we do Bible things, spiritual things so that you're strong so you can change the world by preaching the gospel, by spreading the good news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some, some uh, go to Acts chapter one, and I'll, I'll, uh, some have almost acted as if the church has advanced beyond the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Like, we, well, we, we, know, we know all that. We did that, been there, done that. Now we're moving on to greater things. I mean, we even remember a preacher that uh, talking about certain doctrines I'm not going to get into, uh, somebody challenged him and said, this famous preacher, they said, well, you know, where's that in the Bible? He said, oh, it's, it's beyond the scriptures. <laughs> you're on your own, buddy. If you're going to go beyond the scriptures, you're on your own. And I'm sorry for your people that are listening to that garbage, because it's not right. You don't, you don't get to move on from they, People get bored even with the Holy Spirit, God himself. They get bored with God himself, but not here. If there's anything that is an adjective for us, is that we are thrilled with God. We are thrilled with Jesus. We are thrilled with his word. We're thrilled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're not, just please find a friend here that is. (laughs) Verse four, Acts chapter one, verse four, and being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. Notice this promise. He says, wait for the promise. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Here's Jesus himself telling the early disciples, wait, you're going to do some stuff, but I want you to go wait for the Holy Spirit. I'm sending him to you. Therefore, they came together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father's put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He says, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then we know that they did it. Verse 14, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. They even let the women in on it. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then verse one of chapter two. Chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There you go. Filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, same thing. Filled with and baptized with the Spirit, same thing. Notice it said, You shall be filled, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days. Now it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, same thing. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's what happens when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You speak with other tongues. It's just the first evidence that he's there. First evidence that he's dunked you in the Spirit and power. Then other power things will happen, but first evidence will be tongues will come out and maybe prophesying too. Maybe prophesying too. I remember a a preacher friend told us a story and he was preaching in Mexico and uh, asked for people to be baptized with the Spirit. People came forward and uh, they he laid hands on them. They got filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues. And one fellow was on the ground and he was saying, glory to God, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. And the preacher's like, no, 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 brother, not in English, not in English. And he was saying, glory to God. And after a while, the interpreter said, no, 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 he doesn't know English. That was tongues for him. English was tongues for the Spanish speaker. So you never know really what happens when tongue starts going, but it's from God. Amen. And, and or prophesying. Go to Acts chapter 10. You know, when I began to search these things out and hear some teaching on it and realize, you know what? I need that. I knew from a child that I had needed the Holy Spirit baptism. My mom had tried to help me get filled with the Spirit when I was young, but I was a little... A little uh, unsure, a little intimidated maybe. And um, then when I was a teenager, I had a friend come to me and he gave me a little, little red book called Why Tongues. You ever seen one of those? Yes. He gave me this little, that's, that's one reason why we hand them out here. He gave me this little red book called Why Tongues. He said, Chas, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I took that little booklet when I was 16 and I, and I, I said to him, I said, I know. I knew I needed to be. But I also knew that if I did, I'd be responsible for him. To be honest, that's one reason why people resist the Holy Spirit and anything related to God's power is because they know that if they receive it, they'll be responsible and their life will have to change. As a 16-year-old who didn't know much about anything, I knew that. That if I receive the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to be able to continue this lifestyle that I'm headed in. Even teenagers are smart enough to know. Children are even smart enough to know. Something's about to change if I do the Holy Spirit stuff. And so I tucked that little book in my, in my little personal Bible that I had tucked it in my book and, and never read it. It was like, ooh, I don't, ooh, you ever felt like that? Ooh, I don't know if I want to go there. Well, that lasted all the way through college. All the way through college. And I would take my little Bible to college with me every semester. I would take it to my my. My apartment, and then I would bring it home during the summertime, and, and I never read it, but I took it because I know it's important. And every once in a while, uh, during the semester, I'd look over at my Bible in the light, and it had dust all over it, and I'd dust it off. It's like, well, that, I don't want anybody to see that it's dusty, and I know you. I know the Bible's important, but I never had read it, and I thought I might one day, so. Each semester, I would actually open it up. Maybe once a semester, I'd open up and think, I'm gonna start reading the Bible, and I'd start in the wrong place every time. Genesis one, every time. I'd start there every time. And I'd read the same old story. To me, it was the same story. Adam and Eve, and then Noah, and the ark, and then he's killing animals. I'm like, oh, close that, don't understand that. Never made it past Genesis chapter eight, every semester. And then when I picked that Bible up, that little red booklet would fall out occasionally. I'm like, ooh, put that back in there. Because <laughs> that's Holy Spirit stuff. I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I knew it was real. Not sure if I'm ready for it. That's one reason why people resist. Like, oh, no, 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 that. All of a sudden, you're going to make me be more religious than I really want to be. I'd prefer to believe in Jesus, live my own life. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now we start seeing where the problem is, right? Okay. So... Uh, this goes on, I graduated from college, and then five years later or so, I began to seek the Lord, thinking I need God in my life. And as soon as I decided I'm gonna live for God, guess where I went? I went with that little red book. It's like, now it's time for that little red book. I am ready for the Holy Spirit, whatever that is, whoever he is, whatever he brings, I'm ready for the Holy Spirit baptism. I read that book and read that book and read that book. I had so much faith. I was ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit finally. I'm just taking you through a few of the scriptures that might be in that book uh, just so you can have some faith for it if you're not already filled. And then, then, then I couldn't get filled. I kept trying by myself and I couldn't, be filled by the, I couldn't receive the baptism by myself. I knew it was possible because others had talked about it. But I couldn't be filled by myself, so I was trying for three months. I'd sit in my apartment, uh, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I'd just sit there. And the next night I'd be I'd be in my apartment. Every night I was trying to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And for some reason I was just a little thick-headed about it. I was waiting for him to do something to me. And then finally I was kind of frustrated. I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna go to a church that might could help me. And I only knew one church in the whole city that was spirit-filled. And so I went with the purpose, I'm getting filled tonight. I'm gonna to ask them to lay hands on me and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That settles it, enough of this. And I was, and I was. I walked out, all I got was four syllables in tongue, four syllables in tongues. I still remember my four syllables. How do you remember your four syllables? Because I prayed them for the next 10 months over and over and over and over again, just prayed my four syllables over and over because I knew it was real. And I knew I had the power. I just only had four, to- four syllables in tongues. And I prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues until I finally got my whole language. But it changed my whole life. It was me being thrilled with God enough to open up, be filled with his spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the other parts of the story, you've heard some of it. I, I got to cast out a demon pretty quickly, got to lay hands on the sick, and they got recovered pretty quickly. But all I knew for sure is that I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. changed my life. Amen. Most of you in here, you remember that moment because it changed your life. All of a sudden, I could see things better. All of a sudden, God became more real to me. I remember a fella in, a, in our first building, when we first started the church, he had come, he was asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, he couldn't for some reason, he wasn't getting it, and uh, I said, okay, you, you give me a call at the office, and you meet me at the office, and uh, I'll pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so he comes, he sits in my office with me, and uh, within just you know, a few minutes, I told him a few things and, and helped him, and then within a few minutes, he was speaking in tongues, and he was so excited, I could tell he was excited. Well, we, that was it. That's all he needed, about 15 minutes with me. And he, so we, got in the, we, we left, I locked the, the office door. I got in my car, he got in his. And I looked over in his truck and he is freaking out. I mean, he is like, you can tell he's rejoicing like he, he's rejoicing. I mean, he's shouting. I can almost hear him shouting through the windows. And he is shaking and he is so fired up. And I remember sitting there thinking, it's because he was hungry. He was thirsty. It's because he wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've never been there, you probably missed a lot of miracles. Because when you get desperate, when you really want something like that from God, that's the result. Number one, you'll get it. Number two, you'll be so grateful, so thankful, so excited. And it'll happen if you get filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I can't describe in just a few minutes all the wonderful things that happen when you be filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's necessary. Jesus thought it was necessary. I said Jesus thought it was necessary that you must be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And it's not just so you have like a little ticket. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. No, it's so that you can have a life-changing power within you. And then you can pray in tongues and let those rivers flow. So it can flush out your sins, flush out your wrong thinking. So it can help you head the right direction. And then everywhere those rivers flow, those waters flow, people are healed. It'll help you have an impact on the people around you. It'll help you make a difference in this life. Glory. Acts chapter 10, we'll try to finish up here. Now, this is when Peter was sent over to the house of Cornelius. Verse 43 ends his preaching to the families. Preaching to the first Gentile family, non-Jewish family. He's preaching the gospel. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So he fell upon them. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, the Jews were astonished, as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, the non-Jews also. How do you know? The, how did they know the Holy Spirit had been poured out? Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered and said, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So they, they, they were listening to the word they believed so strongly that they were filled with the Holy Spirit as they listened. I want that to happen here somewhere. A fresh new person, a fresh sinner comes in and they're listening to the Word of God and they believe so strongly they get saved without a formal prayer, they get filled with the Spirit without hands laid on them and they start speaking in tongues in the middle of the service. Wouldn't that be fun? It's valid. It's valid. There's no no pattern we have to follow. And then we can dunk them in water after. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Point is, we've got to be thrilled with God. How how are you going to enjoy this life without the Holy Ghost? I'm telling you, something happens to you when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you've lost your joy, well, you just forgot to pray in the Spirit much. Listen, if you you got filled with the Holy Spirit you lost your joy, man, just pray in tongues for a couple hours. Fast for a few days. Hint, hint. Fast for a few days and get the joy back. Get the fire back. You need some fire so you can overcome the pressures of life. You're living under the pressures of life and it's it's, it's just sucking the life out of you. Come on, you're going to have to drink some water. You're going to have to... You're gonna have to let the rivers flow again. Praying in tongues will cause the rivers to flow again. Praying in tongues and praying in tongues and praying in tongues will cause the rivers to flow again. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon!